Ladies and gentlemen, Alien Zoo is now open. Everybody, welcome to Alien Zoo. My name is Chris. Thanks for listening. Um, what is this? This is episode nine. Episode nine. So there's one more episode after this. All right. This uh, first season is going to be episode uh, ten episodes. Uh, my second season is when I'm going to have interviews and 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 stuff like that. I'm going to switch some things up and do a few different things. It's going to be great. It's like. You know what? It's so amazing it doesn't even have an analogy. That's how cool it's going to be. So anyway, so episode 9, I'm trying to... I was looking back and seeing what what sorts of cryptids I've gone over and, uh, and kind of asked some of you listeners um, for um, some examples of what kind of cryptids you'd like to hear in the future. And, uh, oh, I was listening. I took my headphones out. And I decided to... Um, go over a cryptid that one of you guys suggested. So here we go. people who claim to be afraid of going to outer space, uh, but are perfectly fine swimming in the ocean. And I'm one of those people. And yet, it still didn't really make sense to me. I've tried to rationalize my decision of why I'd do one over the other. Um, but no, it's still, it's still a mistake, because you know what the difference between space and the ocean is? There are monsters in the ocean. So yeah, continue telling yourself that thing that touched your foot is a piece of seaweed. Now I'll be the first to admit that the unknown drives my curiosity, as I'm sure it does with most people with a pulse. Um, and there's plenty to be curious about in the oceans of this world. Here's a stat. As of the year 2000, and no, I'm not sure if that is the most recent date available, so stop asking. In 2000, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or the NOAA, estimated that a solid 95% of the Earth's ocean, as well as nearly 99% of the ocean floor, has yet to be explored. I'm not sure if there is an imagination big enough to fathom what could be waiting to be discovered in those vast oceans. It's fascinating, intriguing, and terrifying, with a twist of childlike awe and amazement. That's how I'd describe it. Well, why aren't we exploring? If there's so much to be discovered, why aren't we out there, huh? Well, let's go. Well, first of all, it's so damn expensive. Second, it's so damn dangerous. And third, you know, think of all the time and effort that would go into a project of that stature. So that's that, right? If it's too expensive and time-consuming and dangerous to go searching the unexplored depths, I guess whatever is down there will remain undiscovered, right? Well, sometimes the discoveries come to us. 
which if I knew that, I'd yell at them to stay hidden, because humans are dangerous. I mean, if you swim long and far enough, eventually you'll hit land, right? Or maybe a bay? Casco Bay is located off the Atlantic Ocean in the southwestern part of the cryptid-heavy state of Maine. The wilderness surrounding this inlet is a perfect sanctuary for local wildlife, as well as perhaps a large undiscovered creature. A sea serpent, maybe? That sea serpent that often visits Casco Bay goes by the menacing name of Cassie. Cassie has been reported to be anywhere around 60 to 100 feet long. It is also reported to have incredible speed, which accounts for the fact that it seems to take mere seconds to disappear. To use a barrel as a width reference point, it's about as thick as one. A barrel. Now, the color of the creature varies a bit from account to account. Some say dark green, others say a more spotted brown pattern. It is, however, most commonly reported as black with large black spots which I'm not exactly sure how they know it was spotted, if the spots were black too. Um, anyways. Alright, so sightings of Cassie. Um, one of the earliest sightings found of this large sea beast, and first reported by cryptozoologist and author Lauren Coleman, was in 1779 off the coast of Maine in Penobscot Bay. A man named Edward Preble who would eventually become a decorated U.S. Navy hero, claimed to witness the beast floating on the surface of the water. Mr. Preble was on the ship called the Protector when he spotted the serpent. The creature supposedly looked at him right in the face, and he stared back in awe. Mr. Preble was so frightened that he fired a shot from a Navy cannon at the beast. The creature, within seconds, dove back into the depths and disappeared. Another early account of Cassie occurred in May of 1780 when Captain George Little of Boston, Massachusetts, saw a 45-foot-long sea serpent-type creature in Broad Bay, Maine. Captain Little said the creature's man-sized head was carried about five feet out of the water on a thinner neck. Maybe he just witnessed a drowning. During June and July of 1818, others claimed to have seen a sea serpent in Portland Bay. Now, in the 1900s, many sightings were reported off of Woods Island in Maine, including a sighting by Mrs. F.W. Sanderson in 1912. Mrs. Sanderson was on a steamboat at the time, and along with two dozen passengers traveling from New York to Portland, Maine, witnessed an enormous head, long neck, and barrel-sized body appearing off the starboard side, which is like the upper right-hand side of the ship, if I'm going to be completely ignorant on the subject. Um, I actually had to look that up. I did not know. Uh, Mrs. Sanderson reported that the creature rose about 20 feet above the water, remained there for about 30 seconds, its head turning slowly as if to take a good look at, at its surroundings, and then plunged back into the water. In the late 1930s and 1940s, encounters with Cassie were also reported in Eastport, Maine. Now, Lauren Coleman interviewed several Maine residents who reported seeing Cassie as late as the 1950s. In 1986, Mr. Coleman wrote the first published article in regards to Cassie, which appeared in the Portland Monthly. His article went over in detail several sightings and first-hand encounters with the creature, including an interview with an 81-year-old fisherman, a man named Ole Mickelson. 
In 1958, Mickelson said to have seen a sea creature that was light brown with a lighter underside and neck. He said the tail of the creature was similar to a mackerel's and the body was about 100 feet long with a large head. He couldn't see any recognizable facial features, such as ears or eyes, but he was sure the creature could hear and or see due to the fact that a distant foghorn made the creature turn its head in that direction. Mr. Mickelson stated that he felt like the creature was watching him and another fisherman aboard their fishing vessel. They were spreading their fishing nets during the time. Uh, Perhaps the creature was a sort of fish conservationist, um, or maybe it was looking for an easy way to get a free meal, uh, like a real American monster. Now, the last reported sighting was in 2002, near Biddeford, by an anonymous woman. Finally, someone I can trust. She called her local authorities, claiming to see a creature, quote, that looked like the Loch Ness Monster, end quote. Now, the authority she chose to call wasn't law enforcement. It was a science museum. Uh, she called a science museum, which, which I love. That's a perfect idea. The cops would have just probably uh, shot Cassie to death. Now, all these supposed Cassie sightings that have been going on, um, they could all be different creatures, different sea creatures. But I think Lauren Coleman, when, when he settled on the name Cassie, I think he meant uh, the name Cassie as a blanket term for all of, you know, uh, main uh, sea cryptids. Um, I don't think he was referencing just one sea serpent. I think Cassie is a name. If you see a sea serpent in this specific bay, Casco Bay in Maine, that's Cassie. Um, almost as if, you know... Almost the same with Bigfoot. You see a hairy hominid, it's automatically Bigfoot, which I think my previous episode, that's all the episode was about. I think this is a very similar case. Now, it is possible people are getting sightings of Cassie confused with another main cryptid called Wessie, which in Westbrook, Maine, there has been a giant snake that has been spotted a couple times. Um, it is said to be up to 10 feet, and if you, if you kind of read more of the sightings of potential sea serpents in Casco Bay, it's not impossible that it could be a giant snake swimming, right? Snakes love to swim, and a huge one, if it has its, you know, bulbous head out with the start of its body, which could clearly look like a neck... I don't know. Might be a swimming snake. Now, a lot of this cryptid skeptics say this creature is just a plesiosaur. Oh, just a plesiosaur. That's it, huh? That's simple. What the cryptid skeptics don't know is that a once-thought-extinct animal now proved to be living in modern times is, in fact, one of the subcategories of cryptids. So even if it was a plesiosaur, it would still be a cryptid. But with that being said, I don't believe it to be a plesiosaur. And here's why. I'm going to tell you. All supposed accounts of Cassie claims that it is incredibly fast. Well, the flipper structure of the plesiosaur is constructed in such a way that fast speed swimming is not one of the plesiosaur's strong suits. Also, Cassie's neck is most of the time said to stick straight out of the water, supporting its large head. Now, white coat scientists in the field of what I can only assume to be dinosaur neck science 
have concluded that the plesiosaur's neck could only stick out horizontally. Now, it's been a few decades since Cassie has been sighted. Uh, maybe this creature is extinct, or maybe filing for a name change because they've moved out of Maine. Actually, this theory has a little bit of truth to it. Uh, studies done on marine wildlife in the Casco Bay area have shown that animals like seals and dolphins have moved on from areas close to the main shore due to an increase in sea traffic. Now, a few hours before I recorded this episode, I actually took took a drive to one of the little inlets off of Casco Bay, and uh, that was one of the things I noticed the most is how... Uh, is how many fishing vessels are everywhere and, um, you know, remnants of bridges are sticking out of the water, which could be part of the sightings. Uh, Some people, maybe they're just seeing, uh, you know, human garbage sticking out or floating down down in the water, floating in the water. But, um, yeah, I was was looking around and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of of fishing boats moving and a lot of, you know, parked fishing boats near the shore. Yeah, I, but but I feel like if you're a hungry sea beast, this would be a good place to uh, to visit because you're guaranteed a meal with all these fishermen. Well, not the fishermen; you probably eat the fish, but eh, fishermen could be tasty. Now, here's what I think: Casco Bay is right up against the rest of the Atlantic Ocean. I think it's a perfect little area. For sea creatures of all kinds, a bunch of undiscovered animals that come for rest or come to the fishing boats for a snack, I don't think there's just one creature, not at all. Um, But do I think that something undiscovered has visited the bay from time to time? Absolutely. Because like I said, the oceans are huge. Huge! And, you know, it's just a matter of time before they come visit. We're worried about visitors from space. I think we should be more worried about what's going to visit us in the ocean. Anyways. Thanks for listening to Alien Zoo. My name is Chris, and until next cryptid, goodbye! Goodbye!